Thanks be to God. Thank you, daughter. Good morning, family. Paul, in this work in Philippians, is charging the church of Philippi to do something in these verses. He's calling for them to change from one form into another. I like to think he was calling them to think about submission, service, and sacrifice. He wants them to literally allow the mind of Christ to rule their thinking, to rule their lives, and to have complete control of their desires and their total being. This, beloved, was an invitation for them to allow Christ to invade their worlds. I think this is great news for us going into Holy Week because I believe that God still wants your mind. I believe that God still wants every area of your life. And guess what, Wheaton? He is modeling for us this week. As we watch him go up to Golgotha, he is modeling for us what it looks like to have the submissive mind, the service mentality, and the ability to sacrifice oneself. And I've got three quick points for you, and I'm going to lay it down today. Number one, I'm going to talk about the submissive mind of Christ, the servant mind of Christ, and the sacrificial mind of Christ. Rhea read for us verses 5 and 6, but for your hearing, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Beloved, here we literally discover through the pen of Paul what was on the mind of Jesus when he came from glory to redeem you and I. What was on his mind was this idea of submitting to the triune Godhead. As the second member of the Trinity, hear Paul's words, being in the form of God, he didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God. According to the verse, Jesus, yeah, has the submissive mind to submit to the Father and to the work of the Holy Spirit. One great preacher commenting on this text, my bro beloved brother and sister said, though he had all the rights, the honors, and the privileges of deity and was worthy of all of them, he did not think it beneath him to give them up for a season. And I believe this, Wheaton, that Jesus is showing us by his actions what it's like to develop that type of mentality. I believe that every follower of Jesus Christ, we ought to have a mind like that. The follower of Christ going into Holy Week ought to have a mind that encourages them to submit themselves to others. I call it taking the form of a servant. And I believe that Jesus was teaching us how to embrace what you might call as next level discipleship. 
What is that? that? That's the mind of submission through sacrificial involvement. We've lost that as a culture. Some kind of way it became all about you, yourself and I, the unholy trinity. Jesus is modeling for us, beloved, as we go into this time of worship. Listen, and if Jesus could go to great lengths like this for us, how much more should we do for him? We've looked at the submission of Jesus. Let me show you now the service of Jesus. The text says in verse 7 that he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. <clears throat> Beloved, what a powerful picture. Christ here, according to Paul, emptied himself. The Greek word is the word kenosis, and here's what it means. Kenosis is not a denying of who he was, but rather it's a willful choice to lay down his privileges, exercising none. I'll say it this way. Jesus, who had all authority and power as God, laid down his privilege as God and took the privileges of a slave. Now what savior you know did that? Emptied himself as a picture for you and I that we might know what true service ought to look like for those who don't deserve it. It's easy to empty yourself for somebody who you think may be worthy. But to do it for somebody who's going to spite you, that's a whole nother level of discipleship. In fact, the text goes on to say, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of man, guess what he did? He kept on serving. It would have been enough if he just came. But he didn't stop there. In his serving, he takes the form of a servant and willingly does what the Father lays before him. In his serving, we learn that in him was this mysterious desire to become one of us and never change his deity. Let me say it like this. He created us and then became the thing he created when his majesty was much greater than anything we could have imagined. Don't you go in the Holy Week looking at it like you've looked at it before. When you look at that cross, look at the majesty of God submitting himself that you might be reconciled back to his father. I was writing myself a note here, Stephen R., and I recognized something in the text. I don't believe this was easy. We read the text like, you got this. No, I don't believe this was a light decision. I don't believe this was something thought about. Jediah in a vacuum. You know why? Because this was going to be an eternal decision. It was irreversible. Right now, there's a man in heaven, and his name is Jesus. 
He wasn't going to take on this and then take it off. This was irreversible. He was the eternal word of God, the creator of all the universe, author and finisher of the cosmos, sustainer of all civilization. And here he was taking a chance on creation through his incarnation. It was God becoming a human servant. You know, they have a little saying in my neighborhood, when you mention the name of Jesus, put some respect on his name. There's no other personality like him in all of the earth. He's not in the same line, line with Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius. I'm hunting for an amen right there. There's nobody like Jesus. I like what, what, what Pastor John said last week. When he comes in the room, he owns the room. Oh, what a great word. This decision wasn't easy. He laid down all his privileges and he's showing us what service was like. Well, we looked at the submission of Jesus. We looked at the service of Jesus. Let me land the plane now and show you the sacrifice of Jesus. This is the part I wanted to get to. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Beloved, when Paul gets here in this portion of the text and in that pen, in that Roman jail, he shifts from the heavenly to the earthly. He's reflecting on what happened after Christ became a man. He literally says he kept on serving and being willing to serve. Uh, he point, he's pointing out for us the humility of the Savior. See, in his humility, he did not demand human rights when he could have easily done so. Now, I'm going to get in trouble when I say this, but I'm a big boy, so here I go. <laughs> the protest culture is not in the mind of God. You don't see Jesus protesting when he could have. But in his humility, he lays it down. I'm not saying protesting is wrong because I know I'm going to get the email, but here I go. <laughs> but the one who had the right to protest anything humbles himself. And in his humility, he subjects himself to persecution, to suffering at the hands of other humans who did him wrong. Now that's just good Bible. When he could have exercised his divinity and got even with those who rightly deserved it. In his humility, unbelievers was allowed to do him harm. In his humility, he became obedient, the text says, to the point of death, even the death of the cross. 
The great Matthew Henry commenting on this verse said this, Angelus, his whole life was a life of humiliation, meanness, poverty, and disgrace. Remember, Angelus, he had nowhere to lay his head. He lived on arms. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And yet he did not appear in any form of external pomp or marks of distinction from other men. Matthew Henry said this was the humiliation of his life. But the lowest step of his humiliation, he said, was the dying on the cross. He became obedient to the death of the cross. Not only suffered, but voluntarily went to crucifixion. Remember the words of the Christ? Angelus, don't nobody take my life, but I lay it down. And if I lay it down, I'll take it up again. That's my kind of savior right there. What was he trying to teach us? And what is he trying to teach us this week in Holy Week? He's trying to teach us that the secret to submission, service, and sacrifice, it looks like Jesus dying for another person's wrongs. It looks like Jesus dying so someone else can live. It looks like Jesus dying so that your living has purpose. I got out of bed this morning saying, God, how can I die to myself today so that somebody else may live. It's dying so that the Father gets the glory from your living. He's calling us to greatness in this broken world by summoning us to live the exact same way. I'm through preaching, but this text got good to me. Sister Shannon, here it goes right here. The Bible says, and therefore. <laughs> All y'all should have jumped right there. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. What? And given him a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Come on, talk to me, Wheaton. Those in heaven, those in earth, and then those under the earth. And every tongue, he said, will confess that Jesus Christ, not Buddha, not Muhammad, not Confucius, is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Mm. I'm trying to close right here, but I just got some black preacher happy in me right there. <laughs> Dr. William McDonald said these words, Dr. McDonald says, Wilson, when you arrive at this last verse in this text, it really is a hymn. It was a hymn that the Philippians would sing in their worship context. He says, because Jesus took the path of renunciation and did not seek a name for himself, but humbled himself, God the Father gave him a name. It's like Dr. Reichen read or talked earlier about in prayer. Because he humbled himself, God the Father exalted him. Oh yes, he has. And because he didn't seek a name, God gave him a name that's above 
every other name. Because Jesus bent his knee to serve us, God the Father has decreed, now every knee is going to bow to serve you. So what's our lesson, family? What's our lesson? Our lesson is, if you want to go up, go down first. Why, why, why? You should not exalt yourself, but be the servants of others. You mean, chap, let them talk crazy to you? Yeah. Let them misbehave? Yeah. Let the world talk crazy? Yeah. Why? Because when you do that and humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, God will exalt you. I feel like preaching now. And when God exalts you, hey, nobody can pull you down. The lesson is, is that God, Wheaton College, is in the exaltation business. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he'll exalt you in due time. So hang on, beloved. I know this culture is talking crazy. I'm sorry, I'm preaching now, Dr. Riken. I know this Christmas culture is misbehaving. I know they're taking pop shots at your face, but hang on. Stay faithful. Stay focused. Stay hungry, but humble. And God will exalt you. Well, I'm closing unless I get myself in trouble right now. But you know what this text gets good, JT? He says, I gave you a name, Jesus, that's above every name. And at that name, every knee is going to bow. And then he says in three places in the universe, the knees in heaven, the knees on earth, and the knees under the earth. Every creature with legs and knees are going to bow on that great high and holy day. That includes the devil. The one who's been causing havoc since the fall of the world. The one who gives you the blues. The one who was not relentless in his pursuit. He's going to bow. And guess what? The church is going to be there to see it when it happens. And the text got good, but it got gooder, as we say in my neighborhood. He said, not only are they going to have to bow, but they're going to have to confess. Jesus, you are Lord. I like that right there. I tell you, I like that right there. Because right now, the, 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 the social media and the, the, the people who like to make jokes about Jesus, they won't be laughing on that day. They'll be confessing on that day. Everybody who has denied him, who has rejected him, who has laughed at his church, his bride, or mocked them, they're going to have to confess that the one you worshiped, the one you praised, is the true and the living God. He is Lord. 
So this Friday, when you see him hanging high and drop low with thorns on his head, a spear in his side, put some respect on his name. Because guess what? Friday's not the end. No, they took his body down. And they put him, the old Baptist preacher used to say, in another man's tomb. And the tomb couldn't hold him. I said the tomb couldn't hold him. Is this thing on? Early? 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 Sunday morning. With all power of heaven and earth in his hands, my Savior got up and Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm waiting for somebody to jump with me right here. Death couldn't kill him, and it won't kill you. Pain couldn't kill him, and it won't kill you. Laughing and mocking at him couldn't kill him, and it won't kill you. So hang on, worship, give him your best, and commit your way the rest of this semester. Who will I submit to? Who will I serve? And how will I? live sacrificially. Let's give God some praise. Great God of heaven and earth, thank you for sending us our Savior. Thank you, Father, for giving him a name that's above every name. Thank you, Jesus, for being willing to model for us what it looks like to be servants who submit themselves, who serve, and who sacrificially live that others may get to know you. Bless us as we descend now into this high and holy week we offer to you now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. High five somebody, tell them I love you. Have a great week.